This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, we are celebrating the 30-year anniversary of maybe the most important speech in the history of sports television. Jimmy V at the ESPYs. Welcome. Special SB Day edition. Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio. ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we go out to the hotline. It's our pleasure to be joined by a very special guest, Jimmy V's brother. Bob Valvano is an ESPN college basketball analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at ESPN V Show. That is at ESPN V Show. Bob, I'll start with this. This speech is now so iconic. It's played everywhere. It's shown everywhere. When you encounter it in passing, what do you think as you watch your brother up on that stage 30 years ago? It's interesting because, you know, I was thinking about that today earlier. I, I came across it already say, a number of times. And I, it's, maybe it's because I'm, I'm in a different place in my life each time, but I have a different reaction each time. Sometimes, you know, I'm struck with the humor of it. Sometimes it takes me back to those days, which were very, very daunting days, and it, it's a bit sad. Um, it's always inspiring. I always, always, though, laugh at the, I got some guy in the back flash in 30 seconds, like I care about that sign right now, <laughs> because that to me, and he says, he tells the guy, ah, fanabla, which is such a perfect Italian expression there. Uh, that makes me laugh every time. I could see it a hundred times. I'll laugh a hundred times. And that's maybe of all of the things, that's what I'm struck with. He was the funniest human being I've ever been around. He would find humor in, in everything and anything. And, um, and you miss that. You really do miss that because if you're happy, he made the happy times absolutely unforgettable. And frankly, if you were struggling or a little bit bad, he he would find a way to make it so it didn't seem as bad and give you hope. And that's what that speech did for a lot of people. We still get notes from people who are not necessarily fighting cancer. They have other challenges in their life, and they send notes to the V Foundation. That speech has kept me going. It's you know it's it's been a great motivator for me and. So it's, uh, it, it, I guess in some ways, I don't want to sound too high, highbrow here, but isn't that what they say about art, right? That every time you look at it, you can see something else, and to two different people can look at it and see different things. And I think maybe that's a little bit about what this speech is to, to different people. So for that reason, it lives on. Bob, all of us are starting our ESPYs night with the SC featured about the speech. It's called the speech, and it's certainly about the actual speech itself, but uh, also about about this the life before the speech and i know there's parts in there about you and and growing up give us a little bit of insight of what jim was like as a brother growing up oh he was uh i was the baby i was the third of three so uh it was it was borderline criminal what they (laughs) (laughs) what they do to me i'd come home and say where's mom and they'd say, she left. She can't stand living with you anymore. She's gone. She, she said, until you leave, she's not coming home. You know, or then they would say, uh, and besides, we, I didn't even know what this meant. I was so little. We're trading you for a used train ticket to Penn Station. We lived in New York at the time. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, you know, who would say that to the little brother? But, you know, and you can hear that and say, well, God, he must have been really cruel. And I guess to some degree, some of that was teasing to the point of maybe um, uh, over the line. I mean, I couldn't blink my eyes in unison until I was like 12. So, I mean, it probably was a little bit harsh. But, but I never doubted that he was there for me. That's the thing that I'm struck by is any time I needed help, 
big or small. And often when I didn't even ask for it, he was there. He was always there, always there. Came to see me. I played in college at a small Division three school, Virginia Wesleyan in Virginia. And he was coaching in New York at the time. And he flew down to see me play. And he was always there. And uh, and always there in a meaningful way. And uh, I, I mean, I, I just you know, I do an hour of stories just in most mundane things. I'll tell you one very quick one, just because I think it's a good example. We were watching TV and at my mother's house, just he and I, and a commercial came on for a certain diet product that was a shake. And you you know, and at that time they had a bunch of these famous athletes endorsing it, and they would say, you know, I'm so and so, and I lost thirty pounds using the so and so diet. I would have a shake for breakfast and a shake for lunch at a sensible dinner, and the weight just melted off, and blah blah blah. And so the commercial ends, <laughs> and they turned and looked at him, and I said, Do you think it works? So I think it works. He said, you're eating one meal a day. He said, you can have a beer for breakfast and a beer for lunch. You're still going to lose weight. It's nothing magic about the shake. <laughs> uh, V.org slash donate to honor Jimmy V. 100%, of course, of your donations go directly to game-changing cancer research. You know, we, we talked about the speech and, and what's happening, the special SC featured at 7 o'clock Eastern time tonight on ESPN. There are always different parts of the speech that resonate with me and one you know that always hits is sort of the about the spirit of the way you live after you've been diagnosed with cancer but what can you tell us about the spirit that your brother had about facing this incredible challenge and what he was like as he was fighting it you know that's really a a, a good point I, and and God, there's so many places I could go with my answer, but I'll, in the interest of time, I'll try and keep it short. I just, I was struck with the fact that when you break it down, while it was a very public, you know, illness and ultimately a death and a very short, short life, certainly tragically short, the point he was making, though, is really true for any of us, isn't it? I mean, you really are just faced with the challenge of what are you going to do with the time that you have? It's finite for all of us. That's the one thing you can't negotiate, right? I mean, you, you, if you make a fortune and lose it, you could always, frankly, make another fortune. Or sadly, some of you listening are probably on a second marriage or something. It's, it's, as hard as a divorce might be, you find another person. And, you know, things, you, you have a friend that you're no longer friends with, but you've got new friends. You, you move to a new city, baby. There's, there's things, the most meaningful things in our life very often are, are replaceable, as painful as it may be, but time is not. That's the one thing that no matter how rich you are or powerful you are, or, no, how, no matter how desperate you may be, you can't get any more time. And he, he was struck by that when he was waiting for his treatment at the, in, at the Duke uh, Cancer Center. He'd be sitting with all these people from every walk of life. He said, I looked at their faces, and they all had one common denominator. They all were thinking, if I could just get more time. So that's really the most powerful thing. And so the question then should become for all of us, what are we doing with the time? That, and, you know, that's the most important question. And do you live until you just, you know, as I said, I don't want to oversimplify it, but you live the absolute best life you can live, no matter what challenges come your way, until you can't anymore. I mean, until the, your time has come and it's time to leave. But until that point, and he, he did more probably quite literally in the last year while he was tremendously sick than a lot of people do in their lifetime. And that's not 
an exaggeration. I mean, he just, not because he was trying to show he was some superhuman impervious to pain or anything. It's just because that was his philosophy. I've still got time. Whatever time I've got, I'm going to live. And he was making speeches and he was on TV and he, he not only made the SB speech, he made a very powerful speech at North Carolina state when they celebrated the 83 championship team. He helped with ESPN's tremendous, tremendous help, helped set up the V foundation for, for cancer research. I mean, those are really meaningful things, and he did all that while really undergoing a t- terribly devastating form of cancer. It was it was brutal. It, it certainly is motivation for for me and for many of us to keep uh, in the fight because nobody should have to endure that. That was terrible. Absolutely, Bob. Such a powerful message and one that is applicable to all of our lives. So we're raising money today for the V Foundation, v.org slash donate, and 100% of your donation will go directly to game-changing cancer research. And Bob, since the V Foundation was founded in 1993, it's awarded over $310 million in research grants. When you hear that figure, what does that mean to you? Well, it means that a lot of things have happened that would not have happened without that money. And, you know, not to be not about me in any way, shape or form, but I do think it's relevant. I was diagnosed with stage four leukemia uh, a little bit more than uh, a year ago. And uh, the medication they gave me, there were two forms of treatment they gave me. One was a uh, intravenous uh, chemotherapy and one was an oral drug. Um, I took that within let me count the months one two three four five six within six months i was in total remission and i and remain in total remission now and the two drugs that i took were not invented until 2015 and 2018 uh, i had an aunt who passed away from leukemia and it was an awful awful thing to see i never forgot it and i thought when they told me stage four i said well well, at least you know what you're in for it's, it's going to be awful and the doctor got angry at me he said don't Stop talking like that," he said. We, "We we 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 put stage four leukemia in remission all the time now." He said, "It's not the 1970s. It's not even the 1980s. We are in a different place now." And sure enough, I said, "Well, doc, you know, I'll do everything you tell me to do," and I did, and it was amazing, absolutely amazing. And that is absolutely the byproduct of the money that went to research. They don't invent these drugs without the money. The drugs were invented in 2015 and 2018. I took both of them, and I'm walking proof that it makes a difference. And that's what I think people need to know. Sometimes we get a little hung up, hung up on the numbers. Last year we raised five million. This year it's seven million. Last year, you know, this year we're opening to eight million. Whatever, that's great. But what are you doing with the money? That's the question. And and the the answers are very meaningful things. They're funding the research that's literally saving people's lives. I mean, again, not to be immodest, but I'm one of the walking proof of that. And there are countless others. And so. That's what, in fact, one of the initiatives that the foundation is doing right now, which I think is really, really exciting, is they found out that many people who pass from cancer, I believe the number is 80%, pass from a recurrence of the cancer they already had that was put in remission or was under control, and, uh, you know, and now it comes back. And they don't understand why the treatment that they gave originally no longer works. Why all of a sudden does it not work anymore? If they can unlatch that secret, boy, what a difference that would make. Because at, at one time, all these treatments did work for the particular patient. Now, all of a sudden, they've stopped. Why is that? They don't know. Researchers are absolutely working on that, and that's a tremendous initiative that we're helping with. We're certainly not that the only ones doing it, but we're trying very hard to drive that because that makes a difference. So, um, you know, that's what you look at, not just the bottom line numbers, but what are you doing with that with that money? And I'm humble and proud to say I think we're making a difference in people's lives with the the way we use this this money that 
that people so generously donate. Bob Valvano is Jimmy V's brother, ESPN college basketball analyst, joining us. V.org slash donate 100% of your donations on this SB Day, supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Go directly to Game Changing Cancer Research. Bob, if Jimmy V was speaking on the ESPYs tonight, what do you think the message would be? What do you think he would want to convey? He would say, well, what are we doing? He said, we, have, we, we didn't win yet. Let's go. We got more work to do. I mean, I'll never forget. <laughs> he was the athletic director, and, and, and they had sold, I think it was at Iona, and they had sold, uh, like, the year before he got there, they literally had sold, like, 200 season tickets, and they got it up to, like, almost 2,000. And, uh, but their goal was 2,500 and, uh, you know, for that year. And the guy came in, he was all, you know, kind of proud of himself. Look, Coach V, we got it from 200 to 1,900. He said, what was our goal? 25, do we make it? No. So what are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of my office and go out <laughs> and sell more tickets. That's what he would say about this. I'm proud. That's great. You guys have been generous. That's terrific. You saved people's lives. You know, I kind of like my little brother. I'm glad you saved him. But there's more to do. So get out there. When this show's over, get out there and, and get out and raise some more money and, and make more of a difference. I mean, that's he was a bottom-line guy. And I, I wouldn't say it to be mean, but that's the reminder. There's more work to do. And, uh, and that's, um, I think, you can, you can have that in your mind and still be grateful for the good things you've already done, but still know that there's a lot of challenges that's still ahead. Now, I'd be very surprised if that weren't at the core of his message. Bob, appreciate you coming on, sharing some memories, and really explaining why this foundation is so important, some of the incredible work it has already done. But again, the job is not done. I said earlier, Bob, I, I can't wait for the day that ESPN can totally disband the V Foundation because yeah, we've cured right? cancer. That's the day we're that hoping to get to, right? Isn't that, be, isn't that great to be able to say, someday I hope we don't do this anymore? <laughs> but that would be... That That's would be, right. I, I was doing I was doing this once before, real quick before we go, and um, and to the point that when we were doing the radio marathon, uh, and and I was hosting one of the shows, and a guy we were doing the same thing, saying, "Hope you can donate." A guy said, "Listen, I haven't worked in a number of months. It's a really rough time for me." So, but I'm donating a dollar, and he wasn't being a wise guy. He said, "I'm donating a dollar." Because maybe that dollar is going to be used to purchase the slide that goes under the microscope the day that they have the breakthrough that puts this thing to bed for good. Somebody's going to give that dollar. Maybe it's me. I was like, wow, what great perspective. So you're right. Let's just keep doing this until we don't have to do it anymore. That would be the ultimate win. V.org slash donate. I can't say it any better. V.org slash donate. Again, 100%. Every cent of your donation goes directly to Game Changing Cancer Research. Bob, appreciate the time. Enjoy SB Night. All right, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed it, and uh, you enjoy SB Night as well. Thank you. That's Bob Valvano with some really great perspective. Michelle, I don't know about you. When he was telling the story about the dollar, Yes. I mean, it sent a chill up my spine because sometimes you think in something big like this, you can only make a difference if you, you know, have a million dollars to give or something. But somebody is going to donate the dollar that finally puts this over the top. And the fact that, you know, we it, it we really have accomplished something with this foundation. You know, I, I think Bob was trying to convey there if he had been diagnosed 30, 40 years ago with that stage four leukemia, I think his outcome might have been completely different. So it's not like we haven't made any headway in terms of trying to find a cure for cancer. 
it, imagine, Aaron, if everyone donated a dollar and if everyone yeah. did something to contribute to fighting cancer, where we would be as a society and, and the advancements that we could absolutely make. And it gave me a chill as well. And 100 percent of the donations to the V Foundation go directly towards game changing cancer research. And you just heard V.org slash donate, by the way, if you want to get involved. But you just heard an actual concrete example from Bob Valvano about his own life and how these drugs that were created just years ago saved his life. And that's why continuing to fund research is so important. And every single one of us is impacted by cancer in some way. So I hope that all of us that are listening today or that are involved in this in some way today can donate a dollar or more and we can all be part of fighting it together. A little later in the show, Michelle and I are going to go toe-to-toe <laughs> in a trivia challenge, the loser of which will be saddled with having to make a generous donation to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Very much looking forward to that. Up next, there is a star in New Orleans who may be on the verge of turning his career around. We will get to that. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com canty and carlin the podcast but i would say it's more of uh locking in on like flexibility band work because i think it's those things that will be able to keep me on the court longer versus just losing a bunch of weight i'm gonna be really honest i don't think zion knows what he's doing but he spent more time looking like perk than he has me over the course of his nba career bro you've missed two and a half seasons. if we go back to duke you've missed more basketball than you've played so i'm not gonna sit up here and listen to him and make me believe that he knows what to do to get back on the court Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. It is SB Day at ESPN. You want to donate to the V Foundation? We would love you to v.org slash donate. That is the letter v.org slash donate. Michelle Smallman and I, Aaron Goldhammer, will go toe-to-toe coming up. 4.45 Eastern time in a battle of wits, the loser of which 
will have to donate to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. What a punishment. Um, Zion Williamson, I have a feeling, Michelle, I'm going to be coming to his defense in this segment. Obviously, it hasn't gone great for him so far, thus far in his career. Let's start by listening. He was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast. That's probably not good. Uh, and talked about his weight, his injury issues, and the fact that he can't stay on the court. He talked about all of it. So the diet piece, uh, I'm always able to come back each summer feeling good, looking good. But I would say it's more of uh, just locking in on like flexibility, band work, because I think it's those things that will be able to keep me on the court longer versus just losing a bunch of weight. I don't want to be on the sideline. Y'all think I want to sit over there hurt? I don't. Like I said, uh, like Coach K taught me, Got to own up to my responsibilities. There are a lot of things I could have done better that I didn't, and I'm in the process of you know, fixing those wrongs. Shall you hear that? What do you think? Maturity. I think that this is a young man who was incredibly physically gifted and was probably always the best player and never really had to deal with adversity and got into the league and realized that he's not invincible. And I know that Pelicans executive vice president of basketball ops, David Griffin, sat him down in his exit interviews in April and said, a lot of this is on you. You've got to do better. We can't succeed without you making changes. And I think the fact that Zion listened with open ears and is applying this notion that it's on him to his offseason and to his life, I think that's a, a sign of growth. And now listen, don't tell me, show me. Like, let's see if it actually plays right. out throughout the entirety of the season. But I think that if if I'm a Pelicans fan, this is a positive step for me in the right direction. You know, I, I think in order to be healthy, you have to eat better and exercise. You know, like... <laughs> Both of those things together kind of have to happen. Unfortunately, yes. You know, I don't, as I say, as I had a Chicago-style hot dog and a bag of chips for lunch. Oh, yum. Jealous. Awesome. Uh, Um, You know, a Chicago dog, real quick, is like a perfect food. You know, being a St. Louis girl, I don't give Chicago a lot of food props. You know, deep Uh dish is disgusting. A Chicago... Yeah, it's it's like lasagna. Um, a Chicago dog is a perfect food. So I'm I'm incredibly jealous you had that for lunch. Keep going. Carry on. By the way, do you see Seattle? They're eating hot dogs with cream cheese on them. We need to take some time to talk about that later. Can't do that. That's, Can't do that. That, is, that is a very imperfect food. <laughs> um, as far as Zion is concerned, he shouldn't be eating any of this stuff. Because I think it's fair to say, okay, you want to get into Tom Brady, pliability, Pilates, bands, all that stuff. Great. But I also think it is fair to say, I, like, I don't mean to fat shame somebody on national radio. But you're but going like, to? <laughs> but isn't it fair to say that Zion does need to lose some weight? I mean, I don't know. Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Jay Williams. Uh, like, how many more? Richard Jefferson, as you hear in the re- re- that return for break. Like, how many more successful NBA players, great basketball players, do you need to tell you that you have to lose weight before you just own up to? It's not just about flexibility. It's also about you know, what you're deciding to put in your body and what you're 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 doing on a day to day basis. And the frustrating part about this is that he has every resource available to him to make sure that he stays on track. He's got the trainers. He's probably got the, the personal chef, the nutritionist. You can get the, the pliability and the Pilates and all of you could even Zion could hire somebody to just sit next to him all day long and slap food out of his hand. You know what? I'm available for hire. I will do that for you. You know what I mean? Like he's got the money and the resources to be able to combat this in a way that normal people don't. But the fact that he's a 
acknowledging it publicly that he stated that he recognizes that it's been problematic for him in the past and that he's trying to correct it moving forward. Yeah. Is, is, you know, that's a good sign. But I just know a lot of people struggle with stuff like this. So I have empathy for that. And again, this is a, a young man. He's he's a he, part of what made him great was his size. So he probably thought, oh, I could just continue to play. It's not going to be an issue. But then when you get to the point where it's becoming too much of a problem, you're overweight, you're dealing with injuries. That's when yeah. you need to have some self-awareness and say, maybe I'm the problem and I need to course correct here. Can you imagine the Pelicans press conference? David Griffin introduces Zion. Zion comes up and says, I have an announcement to make. I've hired Michelle Smallman of ESPN Radio <laughs> every day to knock the food out of my hand so that, I am, water, not, official. So that I am not tempted to eat a bunch of beignets on, uh, on whatever, uh, Beale. No, what's the name of the street in Mardi Gras Street? In, in New Orleans, not Beale. I keep thinking Beale Street, Bourbon Street. Bourbon you, Street. You think I know that. You think I'd heard of bourbon yeah. before. I, uh, too, want hurricanes and beignets. I also want to fit in my jeans. You know, we got to play for the tie here. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I do think it's unfair, Michelle, to call Zion a bust for this reason. When he has played... And I think the number is 46% of the games he has played thus far in his career, which, I mean, to be under 50% is wild, but he's been awesome when he's played. This past year, people forget, but I remember doing ESPN radio shows when the Pelicans were a contender and they were in first place in the Western Conference before he got injured. I think, like, Anthony Bennett, Hashim the Beat is a bust. Like, he can't play. He's not good. That's not Zion's problem. Zion's problem is unique and specific to him, which has everything to do with injury and nothing to do with the basketball player that he's been when he's actually been on the court. Yeah, but, Aaron, the best ability is availability. And he's been on the court just 114 regular season games in four years. So, yes, he's electric, and we understand the talent that he has. But can he get the body right to stay out there? Yeah. Um, So would you call him a bust? No, I would not. Not yet. But but I think there's still time for him. But he's he's in a precarious position in his career where he's trending that way. He if you can't stay healthy, you're going to be one of those stories that we talk about. Gosh, had all the ability in the world, wasn't able to stay out on the court. Gosh, if he just would have, you know, gotten to that point sooner where he took better care of his body and and, you know, he he did X, Y and Z. What could he have been? Where could he have been? And the you know, his legacy in basketball. I just hope that he really has turned a corner and that he understands the responsibility that's on his shoulders. You know, like when someone he has the future of the franchise in his hands in a lot of ways. You know, he he has when when you get drafted like that and you become the face of a franchise immediately i know it's hard i know you're young you're getting a lot of money you think that you're untouchable but you get a level of responsibility on you that is different than any other 20 22 year old kid and is that unfair sure but you also get a lot of things that come with it a lot of perks that come with it and you need to own up to your part in this and make sure that you're delivering on your end of the bargain they're paying the salary you have to do your part too I mean, I think he can hold up his end of the bargain and play well when he's out there. But as you're saying, part of the key to the whole thing is him actually being out there. Jay Williams hosts ESPN Radio Mornings. What he's been told about Zion's work ethic recently. Take a listen. 
somebody around that organization that I have full confidence in okay. for the man he is and for the player he was. Okay, him and I have been having conversations, and when I got told this, it was shocking. I think it's the biggest question going into the twenty three twenty four season for me to watch with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson loves basketball. I don't know if Zion Williamson loves the work to put into basketball to be the player that we think he can be. That that's what was said to me. Jeez, I mean, it's the ter- this is the fork in the road. Mm-hmm. This year, because already there was talk this offseason about them trading him. And if it's going to work in New Orleans, I think it better work now. And I, I don't know, is it just he's going to be shamed into it, you know, eventually keeping himself in good enough shape? I don't know. I just, it, five years from now, what do you think we're saying? I Gosh, it all depends on what he does now, right? You mentioned the fork in the road. I hope we're talking about looking back five years ago in this conversation that we had and we're like, remember when he changed everything? Remember when he decided that he's going to go on this diet and he's going to change his workouts and he was able to stay on the court? I hope that's what we're talking about. But I also know it's very hard for human beings to change their behaviors. And I hope that that conversation with David Griffin was a wake-up call for him and I hope that he is changing his mind. But also, shouldn't you arrive at that point on your own? Should, yeah. If you love basketball that much, shouldn't you say clearly something needs to be altered here and be seeking that out and making those changes yourself? I really, Aaron, I, I, I go back and forth on this one because I understand that this is something that so many people struggle with. And I do have empathy for that. But again, you're a paid professional and your totally. body is your job. Thousand, thousand, your thousand body percent. is your job. That, that, nobody would see Zion if he was a tax attorney. Walking right. down the street and be like, oh, that guy's, you know, in a dangerous situation with his health. But literally taking care of his body is his job. Like, he, imagine how much better shape I would be in if I didn't have to host radio shows and talk to advertising partners <laughs> and run the control board all day. And all I had to do was work out and eat healthy. Oh, my God. I'd have the best six pack in Cleveland. Oh, we'd but, be looking great, Aaron. We'd be I, thriving. I, I, that's that. I'd be on the cover of GQ. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I ate a hot dog for lunch in between uh, radio shows that I was doing today. There's definitely a joke to be made about Zion and a fork in the road. And I'm just gonna. <laughs> he should. He needs to put down the fork in the road, or the fork in the road should have broccoli on it. Or up next, me versus Michelle. Four, the right. To donate to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The winner donates to the V Foundation. The loser donates double to the V Foundation. Michelle and I are about to go toe-to-toe on SB Wednesday on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. We are in for the guys. The website that we will go to, Michelle, when we donate is v.org slash donate. That is v.org slash donate. Here's what's going to happen here. You spent most of your life, it's fair to say, in the city of St. Louis? Yeah, I'm actually an Illside girl uh, on the Illinois side of the Metro East there, but St. Louis through and through and born and raised uh, 
have only really lived in college and in Bristol, Connecticut, outside of St. Louis. It's my home and uh, it's my heart. I love it. And I will ride for St. Louis forever. I grew up in Denver, but I've been in Cleveland for the last 20 years, basically. So I have come up with Cleveland trivia questions to ask (laughs) you. You have come up with St. Louis-based trivia. And again, this isn't just sports. There's a little sports mixed in. But I have brushed up on my Chuck Berry and Nelly trivia. Oh, you did? I didn't Google my, anything. For, for my St. Louis trivia to get ready, Michelle, you're going to get it started. We've got three questions. Whichever answers more correctly wins. The winner donates to the V Foundation. The loser donates double to the V Foundation. ESPYs tonight. Uh, SC featured episode going deep inside the speech, which happened 30 years ago with Jim Valvano. 7 o'clock, SB start at 8 o'clock, v.org, slash donate 100% of our donations and yours go directly to game-changing cancer research. Michelle, time to get started with your first question for me. Oh, here we go, the trivia music. Now, I think I might be at a bit of a disadvantage, Aaron. I didn't look up anything about Cleveland, and from what I've been told from Shannon, our outstanding producer... That your questions might be a little bit harder than mine. I give you some some layups here. All right. Okay. So let's let's see. Let's, let's start with an easy one, a non sports uh-huh. one. What's the slogan for the city of St. Louis? The slogan for the city of St. Louis is the gateway to the West. Correct. Very good, Aaron. Underway. I've got one on the board. Cleveland trivia for Michelle Smallman here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What Oscar-winning actress and Bond girl grew up in Cleveland? Is it Halle Berry? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. It is Halle Berry. We're tied 1-1 as we go to round two with Michelle. A St. Louis question for me. Let's go sports, Aaron, and let's go to the heartbeat of St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals. How many World Series have the Cardinals won? Oh, man. I think the Cardinals have won eight World Series. Uh, uh, 11. They've won 11. And I I thought you may know that because when they won in 2011, the big slogan was 11 and 11. 11 11 and 11. Really one of the best organizations in baseball, but what's their record this year, Michelle? I don't think you know, it's good. not um, great, Aaron. They're in the, the basement of the, the NL Central. Rub it in. Uh, uh, I'm going to go uh, sports, too. What slugger, who would eventually play for the Indians, homered to score the only run and knock Cleveland out game six of the 1995 World Series? Oh, God. I was a child. And he would eventually play for Cleveland. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Give me an X. I don't know. Uh, David Justice. I was thinking, but then I was like, did he play for them? I was thinking Braves, yeah. though. Yeah. he. Well, I mean, he played for the Braves, and then he went on to play for the Indians. Yes. Right, we're tied 1-1. Uh, After two rounds, this is coming down to the very end. Loser donates double. Winner donates to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. As we are playing here on SB Wednesday, round three, Michelle, the ball is in your court. Okay. I could go sports or non-sports. Shannon, help me out. Should I go sports or non-sports here? Non-sports. Non-sports. Okay, we're going here. Number three for Aaron. What was the name of Nelly's breakout debut album? Uh, Number one. Uh, It's also the name of his biggest single, Country Grammar. 
country grammar. I should have gotten that. Uh, I'm going sports for you. Who was the oh. leading scorer on the Cavs the year before they drafted LeBron? Oh, the year before? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. I I don't. To be fair, I didn't pay attention to the Cavs before LeBron. <laughs> and, and neither did anybody else. Neither's paying attention to the Cavs now that LeBron is gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was. They were not on the radar for me as a non NBA. I, 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 uh, I'm going to need you to. I'm going to need you to make a guess. Thirty seconds. They just said in my headset. Oh, the hard out is coming. I literally have no idea. Not one. You can't even. It's wrong rim, Ricky Davis. <laughs> yeah, of course I knew that. So, what uh, are what, what are we going to do to break the tie, Shannon? Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we'll, do we'll have to do more questions next hour. <laughs> and Steve Levy is going to join us to remember Stuart Scott on V Foundation SB Day ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.